Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Post 20 Podcast. My name is Evan. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Matt. You're listening to episode 94 of the show. Matt, what's going on this week? Yeah, happy to be back. A lot of soccer went on uh, back from the international break. Uh, We saw the debut of Cristiano Ronaldo. We saw um, a lot of low-scoring games that um, we didn't really see. Um, Liverpool coming through clutch, Chelsea as well. Uh, and Everton once again going on me, getting on me for not picking them again. I feel like yeah. every week I don't pick them, they hit, so that's like a trend there. But um, overall, it was a great week. Uh, outside of that, we had high school ball going on. They're doing well. I uh, had the first game with my little guys. Didn't go as well, but a lot of them are new to the sport, so it's it's to be seen. I mean, it's to be expected, sorry. So, uh, yeah, just a lot of soccer going on in my life, and I'm happy with it, so I enjoy it. Yeah, good. Um, not much going on for me. Started school, just you know, trying to get myself yeah. back into the swing of things. I have three courses only because it's like it's just my extra semester that I'm finishing everything up. Um, Correct, yeah. but I have a senior sem class, which is super intense. Um, a lot of fucking reading that I just don't want to do, so I'm <laughs> struggling through that. That's after this, I have to go and like I just blocked out some time from like nine to whenever i have to read like 150 pages of this novel that i just don't fucking care about um that's the worst but if you don't you know everybody's expected to participate in discussion and there's even extra credit participation in this course so i'm hoping if i can stockpile at the beginning of the semester you know those participation More points time for golf that towards the end when the golf courses are fully empty in october and november um, that I will have time to, you know, kind of get out. And while everybody else is drowning, um, I'll, you know, I'll be okay. I'll be able to just be ahead and, and that'll be that. Um, but with all that being said, let's get into the important stuff. There's going to be a quick show. Uh, you can tell Matt and I are talking quickly already. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to recap match day four quickly and then give you our rapid fire match day five picks. If you guys are interested in NFL content, go ahead and check out the nfl recap preview that um i'm doing with a couple of my buddies as well um that uh week two is up and week one went extraordinarily poorly (laughs) so we're hoping week two is better um let's get into the prem though we had um crystal palace taking on Tottenham. these uh there was a lot of games on september 11th i think there was eight games and then yeah. a game on Sunday and a game on Monday. So all these games that we're talking about are all um, games that happened on number 11th. We had Crystal Palace taking on Tottenham. Uh, this was a fantastic fucking game to watch. Uh, it was really, really rough um, for the first, like, I'll say 60 minutes. Um, Tanganga got himself a red in the 58th. He was one of the takeaways um, in this game for me. He plays so aggressively that I think he's going. It's always going to be a problem with him. Um, you know, one aggressive tackle gets him a yellow, and then if he gets frustrated or makes another clumsy, clumsy challenge, um, the red card thing I think could be a serious issue, a recurring issue for Tanganga. And if you take away some of his aggressive play, I don't know if he's as effective or efficient uh, a defender. So I think that's something to keep your eye on. Um, Palace did win 3-0. Wolf Zaha, penalty in the 76th. I think he looked really, really good the entire game. He seems hungry. He seems lively. 
um, looks extremely sharp. And then new boy, Oddson Edward, my boy, scored in the 84th and the 93rd. Uh, first goal was was kind of one where he just placed it, and then the second one he, he overpowered Loris. So two good goals, uh, two goals in about 15 minutes of, of uh, time. He got subbed on in the 84th and scored in the 84th. So impressive. Uh, altogether, Palace were a much better team here. Connor Gallagher looked lively, very sharp, provided an assist, I believe. 18 shots for Palace as opposed to Tottenham's two. Four shots on target to Tottenham's one. And Palace controlled possession. So my question to you, Matt, is does this bode well? You know, Does this bode really well for Vieira, or do we need to see something better? I think this is a great win for him. It's a good uh, milestone getting his first win in the league, especially against Tottenham with him being an Arsenal legend. Mm -hmm. Um, The fans for Palace were literally chanting that Vieira's won more than their club. So I think it's good for their fan base and for him to have a, get more confidence from his players and staff moving forward. Um, I felt that the first half was pretty tight um, compared to how the stats ended. Yeah. Uh, I think that the incident that kind of turned into Palace's favor was um, there was like a 50, 50 challenge on Lucas that wasn't given. In, and then come the other end, they wanted the ball to be played out, and Tanganga literally pushes Saha on the face, and you have that big scuffle. And that was kind of the catalyst to, excuse me, Tottenham's demise, because uh, six minutes later, Tanganga picks up another yellow, and then Palace, or I mean, uh, Spurs are on the back foot now. They have to pack it in. Uh, this is the first time Nuno's been in a kind of tough situation where they have to really dig deep and get a result and it just they couldn't get it done and i felt like sun's presence not being there was also something they had to deal with so a lot of bad things going wrong for them as well i didn't even mention eric dyer got hurt in the first half so rodon had to come in and they're already dealing with covid issues with romero um as well as la celso so they're dealing with a lot of issues right now and i felt like emerson emerson as well had his debut coming from barcelona and it was a tough match for him getting into that speed of the game and not even speaking about Zaha him being on his side. That's a tough matchup. So yeah. overall, I think this is a great result for Palace. They can have morale, but um, I think if they finished with 11 being Spurs, I think this game would have been a lot tighter. But yeah, I mean, Tottenham get a little taste of reality. I think if they kept winning going into this Chelsea game now, it would have been bad for them. So uh, they get some reality set. And it takes them into this Chelsea game with a chip on their shoulder a little bit to prove that uh, this game was kind of a fluke and they're still a solid team. But yeah, both sides come out with the different different uh, ways of thinking for the following week, I'd say. Yeah. Alrighty, we'll move on to Watford Wolves. Wolves win this one 2-0 at Vicarage Road. A fantastic result for Wolves. Finally. Finally getting themselves a win over a team that they should have beaten. Um, you know, those first three results were tough for them. They couldn't get it done. But in this game, um, there was there was more finishing. So we had a uh, own goal from Francisco Sierralta in the 74th, unfortunate for Watford. And then Huang He Chan on loan from Leipzig scored in the 83rd. I heard chants um, for Huang He Chan when he scored. So that was pretty cool. Um, I'll be really curious to see if he gets a little bit more time because he is actually pretty solid. He's super yeah. quick. He's really, really fast. Um, and he kind of, I mean, him him and Son are actually from the same place um, in South oh, Korea, really? same province, believe it or not. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Um, two pacey attacking players from the same place, uh, similar ages as well. Uh, Wolves really dominated this game, 14 shots to um, 
Watford's six, five shots on target to Watford's two. And uh, the possession was relatively shared, but I felt that Wolves were were much sharper just overall. And I think um, when we look at Watford, um, there are certainly some questions that we have to ask because after that first uh, that first week's performance, we thought they looked pretty good. Um, Sar, uh, Emmanuel, and um, and Josh King wasn't playing yet, but those two specifically looked really good, um, and they've been really flat for the past three weeks. So yeah. I'm kind of wondering where they're going to wind up. Uh, overall, great result for Wolves, though. Yeah, I think uh, the Wolves team gels better together rather than the Swatford side. Yeah. I think this Wolves team, the core group, has been playing together since... Uh, joining the Premier League, um, only one or two changes in there with Sa and Trincao, and also, as you mentioned, He Chan. Um, I think him coming in there up top gives them a new dimension. Uh, potentially, they could play two up front if they want, go three five two, uh, play Trincao in at that ten role behind the strikers if they want, or maybe they put Traore there. I don't know. They have a lot of versatility, which is nice to see. Um, Watford on the other side, a little flat. Uh, couldn't really catch up to the pace of the game. You ha- always have Sar, who's a game changer at any point, can do something magical, uh, but it wasn't wasn't meant to be in this match. Um, and yeah, I think this was finally the breaking point that Wolves needed um, in the league, and they can go off this match and carry it on to the next one. They play Norwich next week, and I think they can string a few results together and get some confidence up into uh, the next few weeks. Yep. Uh, alrighty, we'll move on. That's kind of one that's, you know, concerns the middle and bottom of the table, so it's not too important. We have Correct. Brentford, nil, Brighton, one. This one was a tough one. The Bees did not escape the Seagulls. Leandro Trossard scored in the 90th right at the death to ensure all three points went to Brighton and Hove Albion. This is one that you don't forget about if you're Brentford Football Club. Very, very tough loss. I think that they played well. Um, you know, Brighton are playing okay this season, so I think that that Brentford were playing it pretty tight. It took, you know, a whole re- regulation for them to score, for them to break down Brentford. So yeah. I don't think Brentford can be too upset with this result. Should they maybe have st- stolen a point? You know, yeah, probably. Um, but th- but they got broken down, and and this is what happens when you're a promotion side sometimes. Um, teams that just know the Premier League better know when you have to score um, and how you can you know get away and stay up like Brighton especially they know how to stay up and this is this is one of those games where um, you're gonna look back at the end of the season and say oh yeah they got all three points there you know when, when we look at them and they're safe because they always are somehow uh, this will be one of those games that Brentford are kicking themselves for or not taking a point from um, but I yeah. think I think Brentford looked okay Um Really, they are very solid all over the park. They play with three in the back with those two wing backs. So, um, I just I think that Brentford are are kind of here to stay. They remind me um, not so much of Leeds, but I'm trying to think of the promotion team I'm thinking of from probably four or five years ago. They were just solid everywhere. They just couldn't score. Um, it's escaping me, but yeah, I mean, we'll see how Brentford line up uh, next week. But good. Um, what's up? West Brom. Yeah, kind of like West Brom. Yeah, a little bit. West Brom of the past, though, not like last year, you know? Right, yeah. Because last year was much different. Um, so, yeah, good good result for Brighton. Uh, Brentford, you know, I have faith in you boys. You'll, you'll be all right. 
Yeah, I think this is an abnormal start for Brighton because when yeah. we were making our season predictions uh, about where Brighton was going to end, we I brought up the stat that every year they've been in the Prem, they haven't won more than nine games, and they already have three wins in their first four matches. So this could be an abnormal year for them, like we've seen in the past. West Ham do really well and then drop off. Uh, Villa, Wolves have recently, uh, even Southampton. So this might be one of those years where things are falling into their favor. They're getting a lot of the ball to bounce the right way, or uh, they're getting a good string of matches with guys without injury, and it's working well for them. They're not a, they're not a side that's going to blow teams out by three goals, but they know how to scrap out like teams of the past, like Burnley have done. Burnley, the one year finished seventh place, only scoring like thirty something goals, but only gave up like twenty. So it could be one of those years for them. Um, Brentford, on the other hand, since the Arsenal win, they've only scored one goal in three games. So all the talk was around Tooney, guy coming up, 30-plus goals in the championship, uh, kind of invisible. He's not getting as many chances as we all thought he would with that big frame in that. Is it the supply? Is it the flow of the game? Uh, Brighton's a side that can keep possession of the ball pretty well, and they did, 59 to 41%. So... Brentford's turning out to be a side that can't hold the ball very well in this league uh, and can't create too many chances. It's a lot of counterattack play. So um, we're starting to see the style of play they they are that they're going to bring every week. Now that we're four weeks in, um, we we said at the beginning we'll wait first five weeks and we'll have a good idea how these teams play. So it's starting to fill out now what we think of these teams. So. Moving forward, Brentford's got a real issue. They got to put the ball on the back of the net, and they play a Wolves team next week that finally found the back of the net. And I don't think this is the best time for Brentford to f- play them. Yeah. Um. All right. Next game, we have Arsenal one, North City nil. Congrats. Uh, <laughs> Arsenal finally get themselves their first Premier League goal. I think. Been three. I think it's hilarious that it was just one, and it should have been many more. Oh my goodness! Thirty total shots from Arsenal here versus North. Screwed me, man. I had the over two and a half here. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, they. The last like four or five meetings with Norwich, they've scored more than three goals or three I or know. more. You saw that stat. Yeah. Yeah. So unfortunate that we didn't score more, but three points is three points. Uh, Aubameyang got himself in the book for the first time. Uh, and I mean, I think the like the the standout for me was Tomiyasu. He got the start here. Yeah. I think he looked really good. Um, he's gonna have to adjust a little bit to life in the prem, uh, of course, as as all these players do. So, I th- I think he was great. Um, I think that our defense looked better, but I think that Norwich are not necessarily a, a real threat, right? Um, these guys go into this game, Ben White having played against them. Um, Gabriel hasn't played against them, but Tierney has. And you know what you're going to get out of Norwich for the most part. Um, not a super attacking team, just just not really sharp right now either. Um, so I think that they had confidence, and I'm sure some of that transferred over to Tomiyasu and allowed them all to play well. Um, but a good clean sheet for for a new boy Ramsdale, who just looks like Pickford Jr. Um, and yeah, yeah he, he reminds me of Pickford a lot, just the way that he plays. Um, but but a good result. I wish that we would have seen more out of uh, out of Saka and out of Odegaard. They played okay, um, but I would just like to see them, you know getting themselves um, on the score sheet. Wasaka needs to start scoring. Like, he needs to start scoring again because um, I think the team plays better when, when he's up there and, and getting himself um, getting himself goals. 
But good result. I, I really can't be a chooser at this point. Um, Arsenal needed that fucking win so bad. Yeah. Uh, season was actually fully over if they didn't. So hopefully this starts uh, starts a little bit of a um, rebound for us. We have Burnley, I think, at Turf Moor uh this weekend so that's yep. that's going to be a tough one you know that's that's another test but we'll see yeah. if uh mikhail passes yeah and after that you have the north london derby but yeah uh in this game you had five of your new signings if you consider odegaard a new signing uh in the lineup and you also had maitland niles in there his first start after all the controversy on social media and whatnot yeah. and a return from gabriel from injury so you're starting to see the full squad coming back. You're seeing the depth in the team. You're seeing a variety of players in there. Um, going forward, Aubameyang getting a goal is huge. I think that was his first goal in like 370 minutes. Uh, so he was on a big drought. And like you said, Saka needs to get involved more. He's a key player in the club after the Euros with what he did. Um, he needs a rebound there. I always think Tierney is a great strong point on that left side. Him and Saka, that's a great strong uh, wing for them to work on and now you're seeing smith rowe get some rest and you can add some dynamic duos if you want to put him and odegaard in there there's a lot of versatility in that squad that mikhail has to offer um and it's nice to see um norwich on the other hand like you said there's not really much going on there they, they're kind of struggling all the signings they brought in aren't kind of aren't turning out uh to work so it's looking like another dud year for them but very early on, you never know what could happen. They could drag out themselves out of there. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but Arsenal now climbing out of the out of the bottom. Still, obviously, a lot of time left. They'll get back in the mix. Um, but yeah, I think that's a strong win for them. Can't really say too much. Uh, the stats speak for themselves. Like you said, thirty shots compared to ten, and then seven on target to one. Yeah. Um, possession kind of even there, a little bit, a little shaky there, but uh, they get the job done. I think they move forward and go into the Burnley game, which is going to be a lot trickier than Norwich. Yeah. Uh, okay, let us move on to Manchester United 4, Newcastle United 1. A great result for United, who looked sharp from the get-go here. Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo with two goals, uh, one in the 45th and one in the 62nd. Bruno Fernandes added one in the 80th, which was a great goal. And then the pick of the bunch for me, Jesse Lingard in the 92nd. Really yeah. sharp result here. Um after Ronaldo scored that first goal, Manquillo actually scored. Um, that was his first time scoring in multiple seasons, I think. Um, I think his first in 85 games. Yep, so that's about two seasons. Um, yep. Pretty rough, pretty rough for Manquillo. Um, and that's I thought the, for a right back. Yeah, no, it is. Um, but I, I thought maybe Newcastle were going to get back into the game after that. They looked kind of lively for a minute. Um, you know, all before that, it was it was all square. But um, when Manquillo scored, I thought maybe they'd get back into it. But just just a few minutes later, uh, Ronaldo added his second, which was a far better goal than the tap in he had uh, yeah. at first. And then Bruno and Jesse Lingard, you know, both of those were really solid goals. United just played super super sharp. Um, Ronaldo injected something into the team that I haven't even seen when United are playing their best. Um, mm -hmm. I know the game was at Old Trafford. I know this was his first game back. Um, and I don't think he's going to play like this every week. Don't, you know, no. th I don't want anybody to think that. Um, we saw yesterday when the Champions League, they, they were upset by young boys. Yeah, of course. Um, but this is huge. I mean, having Ronaldo back in front of your home crowd, it is giant and it is a boost. It's going to give them a boost the entire season. 
uh, I think. So it was it was really, really good to see. They should have beat Newcastle. They did beat Newcastle. And, you know, they their stats are, are good enough where you can just tell, even if you didn't watch the game, you can tell they, they dominated. And this was a great performance. I hope they continue to dominate. Yeah, it's a tough it's tough matchup for Newcastle with all the storylines coming into this Ronaldo's return and whatnot. Um I think the lineup Ali put out there is possibly their best eleven at the moment. You still have Rashford on injury and uh that, that other holding mid spot next to Pogba is always up for debate who you want in there. You have four guys to pick from, three, four of them. Um but yeah, I mean they look solid. You saw Luke Shaw get that assist to Ronaldo in the second. The first one Ronaldo created on his own, just following up a shot as he's all strikers should do. Great poacher's goal. Um, and it just went how everybody thought it was going. I wasn't expecting a Lingard goal. I think that's great for him. He can get in there. That's a tough squad to get into, especially the attacking third. Um, so he's really going to have to earn that time. But um, on Newcastle side, we didn't see Callum Wilson. He was dealing with a little bit of a thigh issue. So they went with St. Max up top alone and really just packed it in there. And it just didn't work out very well. I mean, their goal was very nice. Quick counterattack. Almiron wins it. Zips it up to St. Max, Mankiw on the overlap, and first time layoff in. And th- that's how quick things can happen in the Premier League, regardless of what team it is. Like, if you're caught out sleeping and don't pick up that man, it's a Premier League quality player, regardless, and it's going to be a goal. So uh, they did a good job managing the game. Ronaldo got those two early goals, which everybody wanted to see. That's all we wanted to see is him hitting his celebration. Um, any every time the crowd does it, it just gives me goosebumps. It's one of those things. It's just iconic in the game now, and to have him back there is awesome. And they currently sit top of the league now, based on goal for or based on goals for yeah uh, them them Chelsea and Liverpool are all tied there. So as well as Everton, Everton they're all on ten points. So uh, the start of the year is looking great. Uh, obviously, come Christmas time, we're gonna see teams drop form. Uh, who those teams are, we don't know yet, but uh, soon I think we'll be seeing some teams slip up. Yeah, I can certainly see that as well. We even are seeing kind of midweek, you know, we're we're looking at what these teams are, are putting out there on the pitch, and, you know, United put out a pretty solid squad, and they lost. They lost to Young Absolutely. Boys. Um, Liverpool were played very tightly um, by AC Milan today. Who, yep. who I said I said it to somebody earlier today. I said I think I'm telling you right now, Liverpool aren't ready for for whatever Milan are going to come out and do. It doesn't matter Absolutely. if they play well or if they play poorly. They it takes time to adjust to European ball, and you can tell they're just finally starting to get in shape for the Premier League. You know, people are yep. are finally starting to catch up with the pace of the game again after a summer of international football. Um, right. and it's all just so different. So. Yeah, I thought that was interesting to point out. Uh, only draw of the week, funnily enough. Southampton nil, West Ham nil. A red card uh, to Mikel Antonio, my boy. My boy, minute. dude. He's going he's gonna to fuck me in fantasy. I keep losing in fantasy, too. I'm like... <laughs> yeah, you're 0-4. Matt's mom is in our league, right? And she's all the way up at second. She's in second place, and she has three more total points than I do. Which is insane. Yep. I have had some awful, awful luck. Um, but that's just how fantasy goes. Um, just flat, man. I thought West Ham were flat here. Um, there were certainly some chances for both sides, but West Ham did not play the way they usually do. Um, Fornals wasn't in the middle. He was off on the left uh, in this yeah. game. And I think that that has something to do with the way that things happened here. Um, I don't think Bowen looked very good. He did get subbed off. 
Um, he gets subbed off for uh, Vlasic, I think, right? The new guy got time. Yes. Yeah, so um, just really not so great. I'll, I'll be curious to see if Vlasic gets more time, actually, now. I'm wondering if you know he might be one of those guys they sub in and out um, around halftime. Uh, it could be interesting. He looked okay in the little bit that I saw. So, yeah, we, weird result for sure. Um, but Southampton are a tough team. You know, they're playing people kind of tight this year, um, grinding it out. And we'll have to see what becomes of that for them. You know, I, I don't give them a ton of credit, but they did look really good here. And West Ham are, you know, in in my opinion, they're one of the top six clubs now. So uh, Arsenal's out, West Ham's in. Um, as of recent times, and you know, this is a this is one of those top ta- top teams right now that that you want to take a point from, and and they did. Yeah, absolutely. Southampton are now three straight draws, uh, big draws in this game, and as well as the United game. And uh, on West Ham's end, they're this is the first time they're unbeaten in the first four Prem matches of the season uh, since the ninety nine two thousand season. So, um, on unprecedented territory for them in a while. They have the squad. They brought in uh, some depth in positions. Um, we haven't seen Kurt Zuma's debut for them yet in the Premier League. Uh, so we'll see who steps out of there, if Craig Dawson or... I would think Craig Dawson, right? Because I think Zuma and Ogbonna back there is a scary partnership, very versatile, um, uh, agile and speedy guys back there that can cover well for each other. And we've yet to see Ariola in goal. So all around the pitch, they have great depth. But now we're going to have to see next week um, when they play Man United without Antonio. Um, What's their solution going to be uh, going up against Varane and Maguire without your main guy who's in the best form uh, he's been in a long time? So uh, they're in a tricky situation there on Southampton's end. They're just just doing enough to to get by, uh, getting points uh, in these tough matchups, which is huge come the end of the year. Um, and now they go into a matchup against Man City, who in the past has absolutely dominated them. And we're going to have to see what they can do. If They're, they're probably going to go 5-4-1 in the back or just really just tuck in there and do their best because City today scored six against Leipzig, and they're a very decent team. So uh, your boy Ralph's going to ha- have to hit the chalkboard, really figure out what he's going to do. Um, but he's doing just enough in these tight games. And... I think that's going to help them stay up at the end of the year. Yeah. Okay. Um, let's move on to Leicester City nil, Manchester City one. In a battle of the cities, the White Kits, uh, Manchester City, pulled away and got him uh, got themselves, you know, all three points from this one. Bernardo Silva, who was deemed surplus two requirements by Pep in the summer's transfer window, is still at the club and still scoring. He got themselves an important three points against the Leicester side who are sitting somewhere around, I think, ninth, eighth or ninth place. Ninth um, place. So there you go. Yep, I was, I was right. Mm-hmm. Um, so a really good result against them. This was three points that Manchester City desperately needed. We did see, um, you know, a pretty similar lineup to what we've been seeing in the past few weeks. Uh, Jesus Torres and Grealish all up top. And then Silva, uh, Rodri, and Gundogan behind them. Um, same, same, similar defense as well. So you know, not anything fancy from City. I do want to quickly talk about the fact that Yuri Tillemans is listening to offers for a new contract from Leicester City. 
Um, but we are not sure if he's going to be there come that winter yeah. that winter He'll period. He'll definitely leave. He'll definitely leave. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's going to be to another team. Um, in definitely great... another step up. Yeah, you think another team inside the Prem or no? Obviously, all the big dogs are going to be lurking around him, like the Real Madrid's and PSG's. Yeah, I think Real Madrid would be a top contender for him because yeah. they have an aging midfield. They still rock Cruz, Modric, Casemiro in there. Um, so I think the next generation of players need to step up for those Galacticos, and I think Tillemans might be one of them. Yeah, I can totally see that. I can see him going to France. I can see him going to Spain. Um, those are really the only two leagues. So I think that that is something very interesting to keep our eye on because Leicester rely heavily on him in uh, the midfield, him and Ndidi. And uh, really, I think just some of the chances um, or the the chance creation that we saw last season, especially in the early and middle um, parts of last season for Leicester, that that attacking midfield has sort of dried up. Um, They're not performing the way that they were last year. Chances aren't falling for Vardy. Um, who's been up top, and I just feel that there needs to be some sort of change or something because um, this just isn't, it's not working so hot um, for Leicester City right now. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, last year you saw great seasons from Harvey Barnes and James Madison. Those guys are putting up great numbers, um, and they were doing well defensively to Limons and Ndidi. They, they're always a solid pair there, and as well as Vardy. Vardy always scores, but it's not a great start for him, like you said. Um, we would we would have thought Yanacho would have been getting more starts since uh, his hot end of the year, uh, as well as the Community Shield showing what he can offer. Uh, Johnny Evans got some minutes in this game, finally being back from injury, and we've got our first look at Lookman, um, new signing for them. So uh, they have the players. If you on paper, I think they have the team. It's just you need the you need them to perform, and it's just not coming off. I mean, Man City. You could say didn't have their strongest lineup out there. No De Bruyne, um, no Foden. Still, they weren't used. So being being very safe there, and I mean it's it's a tough ask in this game specifically. But they, I think their time is coming soon, where the pieces are going to fall in their favor. And I don't think this was the time for them. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a tough result for Leicester, but good on City for getting those three points in a crucial win, uh, crucial game. Uh, Chelsea 3, Aston Villa nil. This one went the way of the Blues, who played a fantastic game. Romelu Lukaku scored in the 15th minute to open things up. Mateo Kovacic added another after halftime in the 49th, and Lukaku notched a brace in the 93rd when he scored again. This was a fantastic, fantastic result. Um, the key takeaways for me, besides the fact that Chelsea continued to play very structured, very solid football, there was two things that I that kind of wanted to talk about. Kovacic, extraordinarily underrated. Yeah. Um, he always, I've always thought that about him. I think when he came in from Madrid, he was already well on his way to being a very, very serviceable, serviceable midfielder. Um, right. Whenever I do see him on the pitch for Chelsea, I think he is very, very solid. And we Big saw. Recourse. Yeah, he is. He's just all over the place, you know. He really, really gets down into it, um, and I just, I think he's really solid. So he got himself a goal and I think an assist as well in this game. Um, so you know, yeah, yeah, he got the assist to Lukaku's second, yeah, or the first. I mean, yeah, yeah. So good result for Chelsea. Great performance from Kovacic. Mendy 
so impressive from open play. Six, yep, six uh, saves. I mean, he's just so so good. Um, Villa did have a lot of chances here that they kind of yeah. They, they, Ali Watkins had two clear chances. Yeah, and and Mendy didn't let anything in. That was a super impressive clean sheet. Of course, we have to thank Chaloba Silva and Rudiger for putting in solid performances at the back as well. But it mm-hmm. does always come down to the last man on the line, and Mendy was him. He was he was all over the place. I mean, the man is gigantic, and he's so so good from open play. As far as I know, the only thing he struggles with are penalties. Um, right. Yeah. Chelsea haven't given a ton up, so who cares? Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was, um, Saul, who did yeah. not play so well. Um, I was curious to see what you had to say. I was under the impression that maybe he wouldn't be getting all that much time, but here he was getting a start. I don't know if that's to rest Jorginho or what, but. I think that was the reason he was coming off of playing all three games in the international break. Yeah. Uh, Saul, not so much. So they wanted to give Jorginho some rest. Obviously, Conte dealing with a little bit of an ankle issue he picked up in the Super League uh, Cup match against uh, Villarreal. So he, they're just resting him for the Spurs game. I don't think he played in the Senate Zenit game yesterday. Uh, if I'm incorrect there, I'm not sure, but I think they rested him. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is his first taste of the Premier League. It was obvious to see that he wasn't ready for it. He was still taking a lot of touches on the ball like he was in La Liga. And that's where most of the first half chances came for Villa. Ali, he, he was dawdling on the ball too much, trying to beat too many guys, and he lost it. And Ali Watkins had two clear chances. And like you said, Mendy was up to the job. Um, and those two guys in the middle have to do so much work because most Premier League teams have three guys in the middle. So they're always outnumbered. And Kovacic does a good job. He's had several seasons in the league now and understands that, whereas Saul, not so much. So that's why they had to put Jorginho in there, who's a seasoned vet. He's a quality player in there. I've always had my issues with him, but he's become a staple to the team, regardless of the manager. Every manager that's had him needs him, and he's a great cornerstone for the team. And, I mean, Lukaku's always going to bag you goals. I'd like to see some of those other front forwards get involved in the goals. Uh, because we don't want to be too one-dimensional, even though Lukaku can create a lot of chances for himself. I'd like to see other guys get in there to get some confidence. Um, Team of Werner not being used at all, really. I'm I'm interested to see when his time's going to come to get another start. Um, but it's tough when Lukaku's up there, and you don't really want to play Timo out of position because it's seeming like Havertz is a number one guy in there, and... And Mount's pretty much the other guy, but Ziyech coming back from energy, energy. I can't talk injury. Um, nice to see him in there. He always brings you uh, a great back post cross. Gets the ball on the right, takes a touch inside, and whips it back in there. And Alonso's a great target back there because he's an aggressive wing back. So uh, I think overall it was a great performance. I don't think the score line at the end represented how close the game actually was because Villa could have easily scored two goals in this game. Um, and Kovacic's goal last thing uh, was a gimme. Mings uh, under hit a ball back to steer and put Kovacic in one-on-one, and he, he was there to put it away. So that pretty much iced the game. I think that was a minute into the second half, yeah, or a couple minutes in. So overall, great performance. Uh, we got our revenge from the end of last season, and it's good because now we go into another London derby um, with great confidence still uh, without a loss and only giving up one goal and it was from a penalty so we still have not conceded from open play which is a great thing to have um, so after this week and then we play City we're finally gonna get a calm down fixture list like 
that uh, we desperately need because uh, it's very, very tough going into week after week being a Battle of the Titans matchup. So uh, I'm excited to see what this weekend holds for for us. Yeah, me too. So we're gonna go or we're gonna go ahead and talk about Leeds United nil. Liverpool three. Mosala got himself on the sheet in the twentieth. Fabinho added another deflection, crazy corner nonsense goal yeah. in the fiftieth. He got two chances at it, um, and then Mane added one for himself in the ninety second. Uh, after like squandering a million opportunities in front of a goal, I don't know what yep. the fuck happened to that guy. I actually don't yeah. know because he has like Adama Traore type choke behavior now. Starting to turn that way. It's just really weird. Um, but. Uh, a really kind of piss poor Leeds performance. Uh, that strand. you think it's a thing that uh, teams have kind of figured out how they go. And yeah, he's too stubborn to change his ways. I do actually think that, and that's been a problem for Bielsa at a couple different places. So I think that we could be heading in that direction. Uh, Leeds not playing too well. There was that tackle in his 60th minute that um, that injured Harvey Elliott, who has yes. a dislocated ankle. Um, not a malicious tackle, I don't think. Maybe a hot take. He did win the ball, but you're not allowed to tackle from behind, and it was reckless. I just don't think it was malicious. Yeah. Um, unfortunate to see Harvey Elliott, a really bright young spot on the Liverpool side, um, out probably you know for the season with a dislocated ankle like that. It looked like Dak Prescott's ankle last season uh, for mm-hmm. the Cowboys. If you guys watched the NFL, I mean, it was fucking, it was awful. Um, I knew as soon as he went down. And um, Salah like signaled heavily for for the medical team. Yeah, you uh, could tell that something was was really wrong. So that was unfortunate to see. Um, you know, Liverpool lose Elliot, who got the start in this game and was really solid. That's 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 tough for them because um, he's been a new dimension to that midfield. Young, pacey, um, smart too. So unfortunate um, for Liverpool there, but they did take all three points and they finished pretty well. So it was nice to see everybody get involved. Um, Leeds got to be really kind of staring down the barrel of a gun now. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, it's it's very tough because um, every game they're in is a shootout, uh, bar last week being a 1-1 draw with Burnley. But teams are just exposing them. Once you break that first line of uh, defense, they their initial press, uh, it's open reins. And against a, a team like Liverpool, they're going to eat that up all day. Uh, Could have been at least six. Uh, but wasn't meant to be and that's a big problem because if Bielsa is not going to change his way um Leeds have to match these other teams and goals and um it can't happen all the time so they may be in a scrap uh for a relegation battle potentially I don't like to think that way because both of us thought they'd be a mid-table team around that 8 to 10 area um but maybe it is a teams have figured them out they're a sophomore year they're not as fresh um, people have a lot of footage on them, and they've played these guys before, so they understand that how they go. Um, so it's going to be very interesting to see how they move forward with this. Uh, they start off this week in the initial game against Newcastle, which I think is going to be an absolute shootout because both of these teams leak goals. Um, poor defenses, uh, very out of shape at times, and it's going to be an absolute shootout to see who wins. It's Whoever wins this game, is it's going to be massive for them because it's a bottom table list or fixture. So, um, yeah, I mean, on the Liverpool end, great result for them. They keep pace uh, in that top uh, four race, title race, however you want to put that. 
and all these guys are scoring, get mo- good motivation for them. Fabinho, a guy you're not used to seeing on the score sheet. Uh, pretty much his goal was how you thought he would score, kind of a scuff one. But um, yeah, Mane's looking a little weird. He's got a little funky, funky business going up there. I don't know what it is. And we're starting to see Jota week in and week out be that starting forward. Um, your guy, you like him over uh, Firmino, who wasn't even on the subs list this week. I think it was because of the ban. Or was it for the band, the Brazil FA? Because it couldn't have been because Fabinho played, right? Yeah, it was. Yeah, or it wasn't. So, so I don't know. He wasn't. He just wasn't on the team sheet for the day. But uh, maybe it's a passing of the torch there a little bit. But or it's Klopp just thinking there's certain matchups that Fabinho would do better than Jota, and maybe it's the latter there. But yeah, they have a versatile front. Um, we saw Henderson get in this game a little bit, as well as Keita and, and Ox. So all these midfielders in there. Um, and they, they look solid. I mean, there's nothing really else you can say. So uh, both teams got to move on from this, thinking positively. Okay, sounds good. Um, alrighty, our final game of the week, Everton 3, Burnley 1. Everton, who I bet on every week because I believe in them, even though the books don't, um, yeah. scored three goals, 60. Uh, or three goals like right next to each other. So we had Ben Mee score first for Burnley. I thought that was certainly going to be the kiss of death for Everton, but they responded quickly. Or quickly? That's a new one. <laughs> they responded quickly with a goal in the 60th by Michael Keane, a 65th minute goal from Andros Townsend, and a 66th minute goal from Damari Gray. Townsend and Gray, I cannot believe they are playing as well as they are. I know, um, right? They look, both of them look so... Three straight three straight uh, games, Greg gets a goal. Yeah, that's amazing. I would have never thought. Um, and both of them were playing really well. Uh, no DCL. Sorry, I was yawning. Um, no DCL in this game. So uh, I just think that, that it was it was really sharp. Um, are we thinking they're legit yet? Or are we still Everton? No, they're to, not. They'll, they'll collapse. They're are good. we still waiting for them to play an actual, like, competitive side yeah i need to see what they do against like um their next three games are villa um norwich and then they play united okay so united will be a good test and i think villa will be like a good practice test um okay we'll see we'll see how they how they fare against united that's you know that's the real test they are top of the table um but i don't think i think this is kind of a rough break for burnley um, I don't think that they looked all that bad in the first half. It took them a long time to get going and get that first goal in. Um, mm-hmm. But then they just, like, collapsed. Like, it was such a weird collapse. It was like, you know, I watched Aaron Rodgers put up three points against the Saints. It was kind of like that. Like, they just looked so defeated after that first goal. Or, um, after, after, yeah, and then after Everton struck back the same way. You know, they, they got the, the, the game drawn at that point. And... Two more goals within a matter of six minutes. They they just broke their back. Um, Burnley mm. were never going to get a result after after that first goal um, by Everton. So unfortunate for them, but a, a good a good result for Everton. Burnley can be hard to break down. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, when we did the predictions for this in last week's episode, um, I talked about how both of these teams were bottom of the table in possession stats, and it turned out to almost be fifty fifty here. Both teams didn't really want the ball. Uh, 52% going in Everton's favor and almost level on passes, so as well as chances. So it turned out to be who was more clinical, and Everton in that six-minute period were just lethal. Um, they're a side that 
know their identity. They have a solid group of players there that work for the manager. Uh, it's lurking like Benitez understands what these guys need to do. He, they have his style, and they're implementing it well. And they even did this without their main man, DCL, up front. They went with Richarlson, who we said in the past, or last year with Under Ancelotti, kind of looked invisible up there. Um, so it's working out like no Hamas is good. Uh, that midfield, too, of DeCorey and Allen is looking very nicely, um, as well as the new signings of Gray and Townsend. We're seeing these guys that are very... Uh, were overshadowed by all the big expensive players being moved. Uh, they're turning out to be better signings than the, the the headline guys. So it's just all about the, the system you're implemented in and how well you do. And they're working well for Benitez. So it's very nice to see. Uh, I'll say this, that we did see this last year where they had a great six to seven, uh, first six, seven matches. And then it kind of tailspinned, and it just went out of wonk. It just went wonky for them, and uh, some few players got injured, and it just didn't work out for them, and it, they just ended in that usual mid-table 9 to 11 area. Um, always, it can always happen to them again, uh, but Benitez is a manager, unlike Ancelotti, and I forget who their manager was before that, um, that has experienced the Premier League with multiple teams. He's been with uh, premiership winning teams like Chelsea and Liverpool and he's been with teams that kind of struggle a little bit like Newcastle so a well-rounded man manager uh, for a club like Everton I think the system or the ideals work well for him and the club and moving forward I might have to start picking him but who knows that might be the kiss of death yeah it is possible please don't Please don't pick them because the, <laughs> this I've, week I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm I've gonna keep betting against them. Doing okay with them, and that's like the one thing I have left. So please don't take it from me. I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. <laughs> All right. Um. Okay. So we have um for the preview matches. We're gonna quickly run through these. Um. We have a game on Friday. My favorite, the Friday game. Um. We have Newcastle taking on Leeds United at 3 p.m. I think I'm on a draw here. Uh, I haven't seen enough dynamic attacking play from Leeds to mm. say that they score here. Um, you know, I know Newcastle just conceded a lot of goals last week, but I think that they actually have been fairly challenging to break down. So I am going to go with a draw. I think it's like a 1-1 one, one or nil no. Yeah, no Callum Wilson here. They're saying he'll be out until after the... Um, October international break, he's dealing with that hamstring issue, like I said before. So they're probably going to go with Saint Saint Max, Joelington, and Almiron again up there. For Leeds' side, they're dealing with the Struke uh, uh, suspension. The appeal didn't, uh, or the appeal got rejected. Sorry for him. So they'll be without him, Coach, and Lorente. So they'll be very thin in the back. Um, so there's going to be a lot of goals in this game, like I said before. Um, my gut instinct immediately went to Newcastle, but then I saw no Wilson. So I'm going to go with Leeds because I think this is a matchup that Rafinha will eat up as well as Bamford. Uh, Calvin Phillips as well. We might see him hit a screamer. So I'm going to go with the, the Leeds boys. Okay, sounds good. Uh, alrighty, that would be my other pick if I had to pick an outright winner. We have Wolves Brentford next. I think Wolves continue their winning ways and they get a second one here in a row. Um, I know I said earlier that I think Brentford will be looking to to solidify their position again with with a good result this week, but 
upon further inspection in my own brain, I'm going to go with Wolves. Uh, I hope that Huang He Chen gets more time too because I really like watching him play. Yeah, I'm going to go opposite you. I think this is a game that might throw a lot of people off. I think Brentford wins this game. Uh, Wolves kind of fall back into how they started the year. Um, it was kind of a glimpse of what we want them to do, but I think Brentford might shock a few people here. I think Tooney might open up things a little bit more. Uh, we might see that week one performance from them where uh, they just they just find a way to get chances to fall their way. So I'm going to go with the Bees. Okay, sounds good. Um, we have North City versus Watford next. Tight oh, one. this is a shitty one, dude. This is a tight one. I don't know where to go here. I'm just going to say draw because I literally don't I don't know what to say for either team. I mean, there it's such a mess. This game could end any of three ways. I I truly do not know. I'm just taking a gamble and saying draw. Yeah. I'm going to take a chance here. I'm going to go with Norwich. There's okay. always a few games that uh they win. Maybe I'm not them, but there's those bottom ranked teams that week in and week out you're like, "Oh, they're going to lose. They're going to lose." It's like no team loses every single game. They have to pick up some points here and there. I think this is one of them. They're home. This is a team they are familiar with. They came up together in the championship. Uh, both games last season, though, uh, Watford were the winners, 2-1 and 2-0. Um, so I do think Norwich pick up a win here. This is much needed for them. Maybe we see Pookie open things up. Todd Cantwell as well. Uh, maybe Max Aarons gets more attacking now that uh, he won't have as many threats to be occupied about. Maybe it's just Saar and uh, Josh King. So I'm going to go with the Canaries. Okay, that sounds good. Um, alrighty, next we have Burnley versus Arsenal. Uh, I'm going to just back my boys. I don't want to talk about it. I don't know what's going to happen in this game. Burnley are actually a test for them, unfortunately. Um, if they can beat Burnley, then we'll see if they're allowed to gain entry back to mid-table. But they need to beat Burnley, who are like the trolls under... Um, the bridge, you know, they are the team that are going to take points off of you if you if you slip up. And I'm hoping that doesn't happen um, this week for Arsenal. They're coming off a good win against Norwich. Yeah. Burnley are a little bit of a step up, but they're still a pretty shitty team, and we have a lot more quality going forward. So I'm going to put my faith in Arsenal and say Arsenal win. Yeah, this was a tricky matchup for Arsenal last year. A 1-1 draw and a 1-0 defeat to Burnley. Um, the 1-1 draw coming at Turf Moor. Uh, these guys have played a total of 14 times, Arsenal being the victors, 10 of those with Burnley only winning once ever. Um, do I think Burnley has a chance in this game? Yes, Arsenal are very unsteady, a lot of new players. Um, after last week's per, uh, performance, a lot of those new guys get a lot of confidence and can be reassured a little bit that they are meant for this league. Um, maybe a little bit too soon because Norwich is a championship, uh, turning out to be still a championship quality side. Uh, Burnley is a, a vet, uh, what's the word, a seasoned Premier League team that can stick things out. Um, but uh, I'm going to go with Arsenal here as well as you. I think they can open things up a little bit with an early goal here, maybe from Saka, and move on to that Spurs matchup with a little bit more confidence. Okay, sounds good. Let's move on to Manchester City versus Southampton. Southampton played a really, really tight game against West Ham, but I think that they're going to be exhausted. I don't think they're going to give us that again versus this City side who are surging and playing very well. I think City are more structured. I think they'll break down Southampton just because they can go at them from every single angle. Um, and I just think City's attacking midfield and, and front three 
are much sharper than than what Southampton has on the defensive side that can stop them. So I'm just going to go with uh, City to win. Yeah, short and sweet. I'm going to go City here. Uh, Southampton last season didn't do well at the Etihad, a 5-2 defeat. Um, City have too many options right now. Um, the back partnership of Laporte and Diaz is working very well. Um, excuse me, we've yet to see Stones make an appearance in this Premier League campaign. Um, maybe that's due to fitness. Probably not by this point. Now it's turned into Laporte's form, and he's doing very well. Um, so I'm going to go with the City win. All right. Uh, we have Liverpool versus Crystal Palace next after convincing 3-0. Tricky uh, matchup here. Convincing 3-0 win against Vieira. Um, Palace take themselves, I think, to Anfield to play Liverpool, who will be home. Uh, yes. This is tough. This is tricky. I agree. And I'm not going to overthink it. I'm going to say Liverpool win. Yeah, last season, Liverpool in both matchups, and a total aggregate of 9 to nothing. Wow. Uh, that was the 7-0 battering they did in uh, Selhurst Park. Um, so, I mean, obviously all the, all the favorites are obviously Liverpool here. Um, they had a tough matchup, like we said today against Milan. So they're going to have to regroup and go into us into this matchup with a, you could say palace team in form with a lot of confidence after beating, uh, one of those established top six clubs. Yeah. Going to Anfield's a tough ask. Uh, but we've seen last year teams like Fulham and, uh, Burnley go to Anfield and get points, get even get wins. So I think Palace are capable of giving a result here. We've seen Liverpool kind of get stretched out a little bit in that midfield, but um, Palace maybe not have that quality in total. Maybe we get Edward in a start here over Benteke maybe, or they play him off to the right instead of Ayu. A lot of options for Vieira, but I don't know. I feel a little dirty after getting uh, Palace doing me dirty on that Tottenham game. I don't... Liverpool's a completely different animal to Tottenham. So I'm going to trust the big dogs here. I'm going to go with Liverpool. All right, cool. Um, sounds good. And then we will move on to Aston Villa versus Everton. This is one of those games that I said was going to be a test for Everton. And I think it is, but I think that they passed the test somehow. I don't think Damari Gray and Andres Townsend are going to continue to operate at the level of efficiency that they are currently operating at. I think that's unreasonable to ask of them and to expect of them. However, I think we have a couple more weeks of really good winger performance from those two. Um, and I think that, that they're going to overpower Villa, who seem to fall a little bit flat going forward, but are solid at the back still. Yeah, uh, now we're going to see Martinez and Buendia back in the fold for Villa after quarantining in Croatia, um, so they didn't have to stay out longer. And we saw, we finally saw the partnership of Ings, Ings and Watkins, and they did very well in the Chelsea game. They had their opportunities more to Watkins, but uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Villa. I genuinely think Villa can win this game, not just for, the, uh, for Evan's sake. I genuinely think Villa can get this win. Um, it's going to be tough. Though Villa are a, or um, Everton are in great form right now, and it's they need to really win at home. They got to win these games at home, especially against these big clubs, just to climb up that table. So I think uh, Mike or Mike Dean, I think Dean Smith can get the boys uh, to get up for this game and get a big result. All right, cool. Um, okay, next we have West Ham versus Manchester United. 
I was giggling today because I watched Haller score four goals in the Champions yeah. League, and I was like, oh, what the fuck, dude? Why would West Ham let him go, especially to a team like Ajax, like, who are typically um, producing younger players? They gave them an experienced player, and he's going fucking ballistic. Mm-hmm. Um, the West Ham have won two of their last six Premier League games against United. Uh, the other three... Or the other four, one or one's a draw, three are losses. So United are winning in recent times, and I think that unfortunately that's probably the case here too. No Antonio in this game is the reason. Um, I'm not going to overthink it. I do think United are better than West Ham. Um, I think that they aren't managed as well as West Ham, but I think that their individual quality um, does top West Ham. So I just think that United are on... Uh, top of this game but i could see a draw happening too so we'll have to see yeah i'm gonna go with a draw here i think the hype is too high in united here i think ronaldo is the attacking threat he is but they still have their issues in that midfield and i think that's where west ham can thrive they have three great um attacking mids in there between fornells bowen and ben rama now that they have depth with velasic you still have yarmolenko on the bench we're going to definitely see one of those players be used as a false nine. Most likely, I'm thinking either Bowen or Yarmolenko. So it'll be interesting to see how that works out. I do think their defense is more structured and more, um, what's the word? They're more, more cohesive. They played together for longer, and their system works well for them. They understand their roles. Whereas United are a little bit shaky. Um, Fred might be thrown back into this game now, or they go with Matic. Uh, and that might be a little tricky for them. Uh, Pogba might be caught out uh, on a counterattack, and we'll we'll have to see. But um, Juan Basak is going to be out of this game. He got a straight red in the Champions League, so he's going to be out for a little while. So we're going to see Delo out there, which is going to be favorable to that left wing. We talked about Fornals in the last game being used out there, and that might be a great matchup for him. So we're going to have to see, but I do think this game will end in a draw. Okay. Um. All right. We have our last game. Uh, Tottenham Chelsea, a London derby. I think this is a resounding result for Chelsea. I think that they're going to batter Tottenham, show everybody that they are the real deal, um, and take themselves top of the table. You know, they certainly could. So I'm, I'm with Chelsea here. Uh, Tottenham looked really bad last week, and I don't think that they're going to be back quite yet. Kane doesn't seem to be playing at the level that I know he's capable of, and they are missing Hoang uh, Minson who suffered a knock in international duty, and we don't know when he's going to be back. So I think it's Chelsea win here, and I I think it's a really, really um, telling result as well. I wouldn't be too sure about that. We always think now that Lukaku's there, their scoring problems are over, but we still are struggling to score goals. We saw a 1-0 win against Zenit. Um, A lot of chances were there, but we couldn't put them away. And uh, Thomas Tuchel's signature result is a 2-0 win. So I'm thinking that's going to be the result here. Tottenham, very thin in the back. Dyer, Sanchez, Tanganga, Romero, all potentially going to be out. Um, Four solid center backs. So we're really going to be, they're really going to be under pressure in this game, like you said. Uh, And potentially Sun may be back. He might not, dealing with that calf issue. But I'd like to see him in this game just to see how our defense can handle it. Um, I'm really hoping Chaloba gets another start. I love that guy out there. He works his ass off. Uh, from the academy, so I'm going to back my boys, obviously. I think they're top title contenders, and this is a result that you're going to need if you want to keep up for that title. Yeah, true enough. Um, okay. Uh, 
I just want to say, I was going to say this at the start, but our results for last week in the Pick'em, Evan went 7-3, and three, I went 6-4. and four. Uh, Very rare, we both do very well in the yeah. same week. Uh, overall record after four weeks, Evan is 22-18. and 18. I am the opposite, 18-22. and 22. So we'll see if I can pull that back or if it's like last year where you stretch away by like 12 games. Yep. Um, we'll have to see. I'm surprised. Um, just to be positive, honestly, on picks is really hard to do because there's three different results here. It's uh, always it's always you get your points from the big games, like the big dogs usually get your wins, and it's always those outliers, bottom table matchups that it's so hard to pick. I know, and that was the case last season too. And we didn't get a lot of them right either. There no, was a couple there, weeks there, where there I was, was short, a few but... of them. There was a few of them, but you always have more more L's there. Yeah, true. Um, okay, I think that's it for episode 94 for week whatever this is, match week four. Week five. five? Week five, yeah. It's a uh, four review, five preview. Um, thank you guys for listening. I'm literally so tired. Um, Matt, yeah. go ahead, bring us out. Yep. All right. Make sure you check us out on our socials at Post20Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, currently, we're posting a lot of spread and NFL pick'em stuff, so make sure you're looking over there. Some of the other guys, Evans boys coming in, giving their takes, which is lovely to see. Um, if you want to check out our old content, uh, check out us. Check us out on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, a lot of different variety there, individual shows. This main show, uh, like I just mentioned, the NFL show, uh, as well as our YouTube. Uh, if you want to check our old videos as well, um, you want to see us actually recording, uh, head over there, Post 20 Podcast. Uh, hit that red subscribe button. Hit the notification bell so you're notified when we post new content. Other than that, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, straight after this, I'm heading into a Zoom call for a club meeting. So uh, we're always busy, but we're always willing to take time uh, just for you guys to listen to uh, our new content. So uh, thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Yep, see you guys later.